Welcome to the Sunset Community Church podcast. You're listening to sermon audio from our Sunday morning services. For more information about Sunset Community Church, visit us online at sunsetcommunity.church. This morning, uh, I'm, I'm excited uh, to hear the message. Uh, many of you know that about a year ago, we got connected with um, Pastor Bob and his wife Caroline and their family. And they had begun to do uh, a ministry here uh, in our city uh, towards those that are from Uganda that have immigrated to the Seattle area. And so Pastor Bob leads a, a church called Liberty House that meets on Friday evenings. Uh, then, and they're a part of our church. Uh, we consider them uh, as family. And so this morning, uh, I asked Pastor Bob to come and bring the word. So would you welcome Pastor Bob this morning as he comes to share the word? And his wife as well, Caroline. And I'm going to go ahead and pray for them as, as they come forward. Father, thank you so much for them, for Pastor Bob and Caroline, and for their family, Lord. We thank you that you are uh, a God not of uh, one particular people or nation, but you are a God of all peoples, of all nations, of all languages. And Lord, we ask this morning that as um, Pastor Bob and his wife are here and as that you called them to minister uh, not just to folks from Ugandans, but from Uganda, but from all over the world, Lord. Would you speak through him? Would the word that you've laid on his heart be a word from you to our hearts this morning? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him. And he sat down and told them, then the scribes and Pharisees brought him a woman caught in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has caught, was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? They said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground in his fing- with his finger, as though he did not hear. So they continued asking him. He raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among us, let him throw the first stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in their midst, Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the, in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Please celebrate my beautiful wife. Such a joy to be here and to minister here. Um, let me begin by saying, Happy Labor Day, family. Mm-hmm. Happy Labor Weekend. Um, you know me by now, most of you, Pastor Bob. Uh, I love you all dangerously. Uh, ever since we came into the doors of this church, we were received, we were loved, we were uh, we just feel at home, so thank you for making that for us. Amen. 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 
you know I'm timid, so I'm trying to work my way. So if you smile, if you shake your head, that will help me a little bit. <laughs> How many of you enjoy watching movies? Oh, you used to enjoy movies. Probably you might learn to enjoy movies. I enjoy movies. And this, the portion of scripture we've just gone through uh, comes out more if you put on that mood of movie watching. Because not only... Uh, does Jesus minister to us in action, but he also ministers to us in word. So following both action and the word will bless you as we go through the sermon for today. So can you put on your movie mood? Yes. Unfortunately, there is no popcorn, but just put on your movie mood. Prayer is already made. The Bible says that one morning... Jesus leaves wherever he used to stay. I don't know if somebody knows where Jesus used to stay. Doesn't, it's not very clear. But he left his place where he stayed that night and went into the temple. And the scripture has said that without sending radio ads out, without sending billboard ads out, without, you know, um, any advertisement, an entire crowd moved and followed him, and entered into the temple, and they sat down. These guys, I don't know what happened, but they saw him head to the temple, and they all followed him. They, not, they never had cell phones to communicate. I don't know how many of them knew that he was going. I don't know who told the other, but the Bible records that the whole crowd moved and followed him, entered into the temple, and I don't know if there was an usher to organize them, but, you know, they entered, sat, and Jesus started teaching. Service started just like that. <laughs> service started just like that. I don't know if they had bistro, but service started just like that. And so Jesus, as a master teacher, started teaching. And if you're writing a subject for today, just write lessons from the master teacher. The master teacher stands in front and the crowd is seated. I'll call it a congregation. They are seated and he begins teaching. And as he's teaching and teaching, bringing mysteries of the kingdom, explaining probably miracles were going down, I'm not sure, but he's teaching. In the process of that, he is rudely interrupted by a big group of Pharisees and Sadducees, and not only are they coming in, they are also coming in with a woman who looks like she's being dragged into the meeting. And so that is a scenario of this text. Jesus is teaching, crowd is listening intently, and Jesus is being interrupted. Imagine this morning someone coming in and they are, they, they are coming to interrupt. Not to join us for fellowship, but to interrupt. And so Jesus' service is being interrupted by a group of men and this woman. And they attack Jesus and come right where he is. They throw the woman down. And service is going on. Amen. And so service is going on. Huge interruption. 
there is a commotion. The ladies on ground, religious leaders and Sadducees are all dressed in their religious garbs. They are before Jesus. And listen to what they tell Jesus. They immediately shoot at Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, Moses in the law commanded that a woman just like this one who was caught in the very act of adultery should be stoned. Should be stoned to death. Jesus, what do you say? And so Jesus is being attacked. And since the congregation is listening intently, Jesus is going to use even this commotion to teach lessons to the congregations that have come to learn from the master teacher. Are you willing to learn from the master teacher? And so, these guys shoot at Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, tell us. Moses, in his law, commanded that such should be stoned to death. What do you say? Jesus, before responding, Bible says he turned away and stooped down. Jesus does not respond now, someone might be thinking, probably Jesus did not have something to say. I want you to know that Jesus had a lot to say. He knew what to say. He was a master talker. His oratory skills are unmatched by nobody. If you don't believe me, ask Lazarus when he was in the tomb. He was in the tomb, and Jesus shouted out, and Lazarus came back from the dead. If you doubt that Jesus had amazing oratory skills... Ask the 5,000 people who left their homes, schools, and work, followed him for three days into the desert. He was speaking, and for three days, people be forgot to shower. They forgot to go home. Those who were supposed to go to work forgot work. Kids forgot school and followed a guy not into an amusement park, but in a desert. Three days until they got so hungry that Jesus said, hey, these guys are about to drop dead. Let's find some miracle food here, you know. Three days, everybody forgot to shower, food, appointment, program, doctor appointment, airplane appointment. They went because someone had an amazing oratory gift. So Jesus had something to say. He had something to say, but today, on this particular occasion, he chose not to respond. And that's a lesson to us because, you know, we live in a society where people's nerves are on the sleeves. People will attack you, get mad at you for reason or for no reason. Do you know something called road rage? That is something I absolutely never understand. It, I have failed, my small mind has failed to grasp that. Because you meet someone on the road and you're driving, you don't know each other. Sometimes you don't even notice that he's behind you or he's in your side. And you do something they don't like. And you don't even know you're offending them. And suddenly they are so offended and they roll down their window and they will say stuff and they will raise fingers and they will cast and they will. And you're just meeting for a few seconds because in the next few seconds you will never see them again, never meet them again. You will, you know, you're just meeting for a few seconds and someone's anger comes from 
and shoots all the way. And I'm saying, what? This is going to last seconds. I will never see you again. I have never seen you. I will never see you. It's seconds. Your anger should not. But you know, we live in a society or you know, in times where people just shoot at you, hit at you, you know, come after you for things you don't even understand. But Jesus is teaching us that some of those instances, you don't have to give attention. Amen. <laughs> two, two months ago, no, last month, yes, last month, I witnessed it, someone who was driving, and he was driving a truck, and as he was driving in a narrow neighborhood, his drive mirror hits the drive mirror on another truck. This guy comes out, checks the other truck, and it's only black paint, Little black paint that came from his mirror to the other mirror. That's it. Nothing else. Just black paint. And the other, the, the owner of the other car came and, you know, a long talk. This and that and that and that. And in my mind, I'm saying it's just simple black paint. If you go to Home Depot, you can just get it for two bucks and you will take that thing off. You don't have a, to, to, you know, to go into insurance and taking your car to the shop and, you know, all that, all that, you know, taking your programs off and canceling your things and because of some small paint and I'm saying really just let the thing go forgive let go it's some little black paint you can wash it off and it will be so helpful if you did it yourself save you time save you so much bother you know but you know people's angers are just in the workplace you know people just erupt and Jesus is teaching us lessons. He's attacked and he is able to respond verbally, but he does not. He instead stoops. And these guys do not end there. They keep talking and talking and talking. And Jesus just ignores them. So, why does Jesus stoop in a time? When he's supposed to defend himself. Jesus stoops for so many reasons. Jesus stoops because the mission of the people who attack him, the reason why they did it publicly is they wanted it as public as it can be so they can embarrass him. They wanted Jesus to look a fool. They wanted to embarrass him. Because they thought that if Jesus says, okay, Moses in the law said we should stone her, Go ahead and stone her. Then they will turn and say, this guy is so cruel. He wants a lady dead. He's a murderer. So they would have accused him for murdering the lady. If he said, okay, Moses said we should stone her. Don't stone her. Then they would turn and say, look at this guy. He does not know the law. He does not know what Moses wrote in the word of God. Look at him. He's ignorant. He claims to be a son of God. He's fake. He's fake. You know, whatever response he would have given, it was a test. And it would have caught up with him. Jesus being smart, he said zero. And he stooped down. His mission was not to kill. The Bible says in John 3.17, God never sent Jesus to condemn the world, but through him, the world might be saved. His mission was not to condemn and kill. 
His mission was to bring salvation and life and joy and peace and redemption. So that was not his mission and was not going to accomplish the mission of the Pharisees. He was not going to help side with their mission. Why does he stoop? He stoops because life hits us so hard many times and it puts us on the ground. The Pharisees had thrown the woman on the ground. Caught in the very act. I don't know if she came with any clothes or no clothes. Because she was caught in the very act. I don't know if her hair was messed up or not. or her make. I do not know how she looked. But that's how life is. Sometimes life throws, up, throws us on the ground. And sometimes it does not prepare us. We, we come, you know, beaten by the world. Sometimes it's an addiction. Sometimes it's a habit. Sometimes it is, you know, stress. Sometimes it is. And you're just down. So Jesus stoops to show us that God is Jesus stooping down. To reach to everyone, man, woman, girl, boy, who is down, beaten by life. Ready to help them up. Jesus stoops to find us down where we are. I do not know about you, but when Jesus met me, I was a tired, young boy. So tired of life. Having tried to experiment on life, and life seemed to be so hard. And I was wondering how people older than me were managing life. He found me so down, so low. He could not save me standing because I was so down. He had to stoop to be able to reach down in the pit of sin and trouble and sickness and bondage. He had to stoop solo to be able to help me up. Some of you, he could save you while he was standing because you are okay. I was not okay. I needed someone to pick me down low where I was. And so Jesus stoops to identify with the sinner, to identify with humanity that is struggling with the challenges of this world. While the religious leaders were righteously standing in their own righteousness, Jesus identified with the woman caught in the very act. Oh, why did he stoop? He stooped to identify with me, to identify with you. And so Jesus is a God stooping. Though he was equal with God, he did not esteem that. Rather, he chose to humble himself so down to reach where we are. So down to reach where we are. That makes me emotional because I feel like giving you testimony, but time will not permit. So, Jesus is stooping. When he's in the mood of stooping, the religious leaders are full of, I do not know what to define it, so arrogant, so disrespectful. The crowd is seated. The ladies on ground. Jesus is stooping. They are standing in their religious gubs and they are just yapping away. Jesus, Jesus says something. Jesus, Moses, they were throwing the law. They were throwing scripture. But it's because they were ignorant. They did not know that the word they are throwing at Jesus 
Jesus is actually the Word. <laughs> He's the author of the Word. They were relating him, comparing him with Moses, yet before Moses was, Jesus was. You know, they were so ignorant. They thought they knew, but they were actually displaying a level of ignorance that was beyond comprehension, you know. And they were throwing their little knowledge around, which was not, you know, helping them. You know, so they, they bring the word and they throw it to the author of the word. And it is always foolish for someone to throw a word to the author, a word he authored, you know. <laughs> you don't argue a book with the author who wrote the book, you know. It is not so wise, you know. And so these guys are displaying their ignorance. And how many times do we find ourselves yapping away sometimes when we don't even know what we are talking about? <laughs> I will not go so deep on that. So the religious leaders, the religious leaders are throwing the word at the word. Are attacking Jesus about the word he offered because the Bible says John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. John, and then John 1.14 says, he came into this world. So Jesus was the word incarnate. And here they are attacking the word, using the word to attack the author of the word. So foolish. Oh my God. And Jesus does not have to bother with that. The next reason why he really did not want to respond to them and he stooped is because these guys claimed righteously that they were fulfilling the law of Moses. And so they went out on a mission to arrest a woman and a man who are in the act because she was caught in the very act. It means she was not doing the act by herself. Adultery is never done by one. Something else can be done by one, not adultery. So they caught her in the very act of adultery, fulfilling the law because for them they are righteous. They had to fulfill the law and they get the man and let him go and get the woman and bring the woman to Jesus. So were they, were they fulfilling the law? According to Jesus, these were... <laughs> I don't even know how to describe them. These guys were not holding the law. They were as unrighteous as the woman they had brought. Because they never brought the man. If they were to be just, they should have brought both the man... I'm the woman, but they lived in a culture where men were a superior being to women and kids. They lived in a time when women were not as, as regarded as the men. Men were kings. Men were up there, and women and kids, and kids, yeah, they were next-class citizens. And you know there are people in the world who still, like, still live like that. Men are kings. If you've never lived in a community like that, take me for a cup of coffee. I'll give you more stories. But you know, there are societies where men are regarded differently. And so these guys, they arrest the woman and leave the man out. And now they are saying they are so righteous. And they are about the law. And they are about the truth. And they are about justice. 
And Jesus is looking at them, and he's, in his mind he says, well, you have already failed the law. You are as unrighteous as this woman. And so Jesus is not going to condemn her. And interestingly, he does also not condemn them because that's not his mission. Wow. Jesus neither condemns the woman nor condemns the Pharisees. And so as they are still yapping away, and Jesus is tired of their yapping, he stands up and looks at them and looks at the crowd. And listen, church was still going on and people were taking notes because they were learning from the master. And he stands up and he says, he, any of you among this crowd, if you've never committed sin, be the first to cast a stone. And before waiting for their response, he stoops again and he keeps writing in the ground. He never looked at them to see their response. He immediately went on the ground and started writing. I don't know what he wrote, but he wrote something. And the Bible says from there on, from the eldest to the youngest, one by one, they started living. Because when Jesus told them to cast the stone, those who had not seen, everybody remembered what they had just committed. Either that very day, the day before, or the month before. They remembered and everybody said, oh, okay, if it is a sin question, we have all fallen short. We have all sinned. The Bible says we have all sinned. Amen. And so everybody remembered. And so they walk out one by one by one because they remembered. And as they are walking out, the lady is still on the ground, afraid, knowing this is her day to die. And the congregation is writing notes. And Jesus is writing on the ground. And after a moment, Jesus turns around and he sees everybody had gone. All the accusers had run. They had escaped. They had gone. And he stands up and asks the lady, hey, lady, where are your accusers? And she had not noticed that they had gone too because she thought that was her day. She was full of shame and pain. And, and every, bad, every bad thing. She was afraid of death. She was in a place that was terrible. And Jesus asks her, where are your choosers? She turns around and says, I also don't see them. And Jesus looks at her and says, woman, go. Neither do I condemn you. Go. But sin no more. Wow. Jesus does not condemn her either. Truth is, she had sinned. Truth is, according to Moses' law, she was already condemned to die. That was it. it, was, it that was it, according to Moses' law. She was dead. She was already dead meat. But, Jesus looks at her and says, hey, Neither do I condemn you. Go, but sin no more. Lovingly, Jesus looks at her and cautions her. Wow. 
We live in a time where it is so hard to give caution, even to your loved ones. Sometimes we have our loved ones, and truly we are noticing that their actions are leading them to a place of pain. Their actions are leading them to a place that is very uncomfortable. But because we live in a society where everybody has their rights and freedoms and, and so many other things, we are restrained to say something good out of love to someone we love. But Jesus is teaching us here. It is a Christian thing to give and receive caution if it is done in a spirit of love. It is a good thing to look at Bob and say, hey, Bob, you know I love you. <laughs> and you find a way to deliver the message with a smile in a spirit of love, having prayed about it. You know, it is a good thing to deliver caution in a Christian way. Amen. It is a good thing. It is a God thing. It is a Christian thing. When done right, confronting sin is done more often with tears and a broken heart. This morning, one of my cousins called me, and they are going through a very rough patch. And I was faced with an option, either to tell them the truth or to just say sorry for what you're going through. Sorry and sorry and sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry. I'll pray about it. You know those things we say, I'll pray about it when you're not going to pray, actually. <laughs> but, you know, in my heart, this scripture came, and I told him out of love, with a heaviness of heart, because I could feel what he's going through. And with tears in my eyes, because I could feel the pain they're experiencing. I told them, give them some love, some caution, some guidance. I told them, as someone who is older than you, this is what I think we need to do. We can get out of this. We can walk out of this. I'm ready to walk with you. I'm ready to go with you this journey. We can walk out of this, you know, with pain in my heart and tears in my eyes and love in my heart, you know. I, I, I gave some caution. I encouraged them. I, I, I gave them a way out. I, I offered to walk with them. I offered to pray with them. We actually prayed on, on the phone, you know, because it's a Christian thing. It's a godly thing. How many people do we look at struggling and we have a solution? And you just say, okay, maybe if I say something, they might hate me. Well, Jesus was hated for telling the truth. As long as it's the truth, probably. You'd rather try than not to try at all. You'd rather give it a try. I'll give it a shot. Tell you, if you hate me for a month, okay, we will reconcile after a month. If you hate me for two months, okay, probably we'll reconcile after two. But if you help me for, hate me for loving you and telling you the truth, I will give it a try. Rather than not trying at all, I see, and I see your life going down, 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 down. I will try. I'll say something. I'll try. I'll pray about it before I say it, but I'll say something. Tell your neighbor, say something. And so Jesus cautions this lady and say, you know what? 
I give you advice. Today was your death day. I give you advice. You do it again, I might not be there to protect you. You do it again, the Pharisees might this time kill you before they, you arrive anywhere. You know? You do it again, that will be serious trouble. One mistake is a good lesson for you. You do it again, gone. Don't do it. He, did, she, he didn't say it that way. He said it the good way. And I think the lady took the lesson. I think she took the caution. Jesus tells her, go, sin no more. Hallelujah. Today I just came to encourage us to learn from the master. Not only to learn from the words he said, but to learn from the actions. There are things here I have not given because of time or because I'm not able to explain, but the Spirit of God can explain them to you. Through the actions of that day, the service, that was amazing. <laughs> I don't think it had a benediction. That service never had a benediction, Pastor Andrew. <laughs> and I don't know what notes everybody read because everybody learned different things and probably had different things and wrote different things. I don't know whose lessons, but there was a lot to learn. There was a lot to learn from both the actions and the words that were said in that meeting. And today, I encourage you, you could go home, read this passage again, and probably write your own notes in your heart or on a paper. And I know the spirit of the living God will bless you. As we end, if there is anybody here who battles anything like guilt, and you feel like, you know, probably it came because of your upgrow the way you grew up, somebody said things, and you feel guilt or you're condemned because of the habits, the sin, the life you live. You feel guilt. You feel condemned. You feel not worthy. Jesus says, go, sin no more. He forgives you. He does not condemn you. Jesus does not condemn you. He has nothing against you. All he wants is to come back to him. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to love you. He wants to receive you. He wants to help you. And so the message I have for you is Jesus does not throw you off or throw you away. He wants you to come, that he may help you, that he may surround you, that he may hug you, that he may bless you, that he may help you out of where the devil has put you. And so I just call us back to the Lord. The Lord needs us. The Lord wants us. The Lord will help us. He does not look at what we've done. He looks at our heart and the blood of Jesus and is willing to wash us and wash us clean and take the guilt and the condemnation all of our lives that we may begin another chapter of life. And so, if you're such a person, after the service, you can come. Pastor Andrew will be here, and he will talk to you. May the Lord bless you. You've been listening to Sermon Audio from Sunset Community Church. Sunset Community Church is located in Renton, Washington. For more information, visit our website at sunsetcommunity.church.